So I'd like to speak a bit on what I sometimes call the undefended heart. And uh, this is a solstice talk. We're kind of rolling into the shortest days. And there's a story maybe to share with you that I've always loved. It's a Sufi story. It's about a man who's so good that the angels ask God to give him the gift of miracles, but God wisely tells them to ask if that's actually what they want, what he wants. So, so they go and visit this good man and offer him first the gift of healing by hands and then the gift of conversion of souls and lastly the gift of virtue, but he refuses them all. They insist he choose a gift or they'll choose one for him. Very well, he replies. I ask that I may do a great deal of good without ever knowing it. And here's how the story ends. The angels were perplexed. They took counsel and resolved upon the following plan. Every time the saint shadow fell behind him, it would have the power to cure disease, soothe pain, and comfort sorrow. As he walked behind him, his shadow would make arid paths green, cause withered plants to bloom, and give clear water to dried up brooks, fresh color to pale children, and joy to unhappy men and women. The saint simply went about his daily life diffusing virtue as the stars diffuse light and the flowers scent without ever being aware of it. The people, respecting his humility and love for his fellow beings, followed him silently, never speaking to him about his miracles. Soon they even forgot his name and called him the Holy Shadow. So, in a way, I I think of this undefended heart as the heart that welcomes all facets of our being, that welcomes the shadow, the difficult. As one friend just reminded me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that it just... It's that vastness that welcomes it all. And that when we have that openness, there's this natural way of, it's almost contagious that others get touched. And every one of us knows how good it feels. It, how just, it feels so um, uplifting to know that in some way we've helped another person. We've made them feel better. It just feels good. In some way our smile our way of listening, our, in some way something we responded to another person with helped them to maybe trust more of their goodness. There's even a study recently I heard that the happiness of a stranger can make us more happy. There's a contagion. And it's not, you know, we, we like to do good partly because it kind of satisfies our good person project, you know, that makes us feel like we're a better person. But there's a deeper reason, which is that we're more who we really are. We're living more from the truth of who we are when in some way we're remembering our connectedness to each other and that love is in the field. It's just we're more at home with ourselves. And I always think about how even when we don't feel open-hearted, we still care about caring. You know how it still matters to us, even if we're not in that open space, it's still something that's important because it's really who we are. So this is the bodhisattva path. This is the path of spiritual awakening that there's a fundamental shift in our identity from this separate preoccupied with self sense to the sense of a belonging that cares. And like the holy shadow, it's not that we're trying to take credit for things. There's just a caring that wants to relieve suffering, wants the world to be more free. There's a challenge that I sometimes call the trance of separation, which is that as much as we value love, as much as we value generosity, as much as we value being compassionate, it often gets academic or abstract because we habitually move through many moments of our lives, huge swaths in this idea of self in here and world out there and I've got to take care of numero uno and something's going to go wrong around the corner so we're very preoccupied with how the self is going to do and often others rather than being part of the field of who we are are either the one that can give us what we need or the one that's going to take away what we need but in some way we forget our, our deep belonging. Some of you might remember this story about 11 people hanging 
onto a rope that's suspended from a helicopter. Some of you might remember. This is a survival story. And ten were men and one's a woman. And they all decided that one person should get off because if someone didn't, the rope would break and everyone would die. So the negotiation began. But no one could decide who should go. So finally, the woman gave a really touching speech, saying how she would give up everything to save the others because women are used to giving up and sacrificing for the sake of the rest of their husbands and their children and so on and not receiving anything in return. And she goes on for a while. And when she finished speaking, all the men started clapping. (laughs) So so this wasn't meant to be a a sexist story as much as... (laughs) As much as that we do live in this, whether it's competitive or defensive or aggressive, we live a lot of moments in a reactive place where we have ideas about an unreal other. The other is out there in some way as um, an obstacle. And it's humble how often in our day-to-day life with the people closest with us we're in this reactive trance where we're in some way feeling resentful or irritated or they're not keeping up their end of things or whatever but they're an obstacle they're the unreal other and then of course globally we can see the the horror of what happens with unreal other because if the other's not real we can attack them and kill them if the other's not real like the earth we can destroy the earth and destroy the environment and you can look on any continent and see the cycles of violence that come when we get locked in the trance of separation. And we all know this. I'm naming it because it's in our nervous system, the sense of the dis-ease of unreal other and what it does to our world. I remember Wendell Berry um, described it the most beautifully. He said, it is the destruction of the world in our own lives that drives us half insane and more than half to destroy that which we were given in trust, how will we bear it? So again, this is talking about the, the undefended heart. We begin with knowing we have a very defended heart and we shut off and we disconnect from the earth and others and then we can be destructive and violent. And how will we bear it? The only way to move from this selfing of kind of cut off and unreal other into a sense of connectedness is to begin to be willing to pause and feel what's happening. To feel what's happening. To feel the suffering of others and the earth. And the way Kafka put it, he said, it's the one suffering that we could have avoided. To actually pause and be willing to feel what's happening. So this is the Bodhisattva path. It's basically to be willing to be touched by the suffering of others and it starts with being willing to feel our own suffering. And Rilke puts it this way, because when we do, we become larger. He says, I live my life in widening circles that reach out across the world. I may never complete the last one, but I give myself to it. So I think this image of widening circles is a really beautiful one for the solstice. That as these days come shorter and we start really, there's more of an interior sense of really what's happening, what's going on inside. And as we open and include more and more of what we are, we begin to include the world in our hearts more and more. So normally when we meet, the meditation is how to include what's going on inside ourselves. And what I'd like to do tonight, just through some meditations and reflections, is explore the training of the heart that has us begin to truly widen the circles and sense our belonging with each other, the undefended heart. And it begins with, um, sometimes the bodhisattva aspirations described this way, it's that whatever arises may it awaken this heart, and may this life be of benefit to all beings. May this life be of benefit to all beings. Now, imagine for a moment if that was your true, sincere intention that may this evening, may this life be of benefit. 
like the holy shadow. May, may in some way this evening, some way that I smile or some message I send through my mind or through my words, may it uplift another. May it create a, a mood here that is, is, is a feeling of loving. What if that was our aspiration? May this life be of benefit. Now what happens is that quickly a self owns that and thinks it's kind of grandiose. Oh, may I serve the universe, you know. And it could be, it's, becomes this other kind of ideal. And then it becomes another way to feel good about ourselves. I'm a bodhisattva and I'm here to serve the world versus the sense of intrinsic belonging that I'm serving this field of beingness that I'm part of, not like a special self is doing something. We're not trying to be good for some sake of, of impressing ourselves or others. I like the story of children lined up in the cafeteria of a Catholic elementary school for lunch. And at the head of the table, there's this large pile of apples, and a nun had made a note posted on the apple tray saying, Take only one. God is watching. Then you move further along the lunch line. At the other end of the table was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies, and the child had written a note. Take all you want. God's watching the apples. (laughs) (laughs) So this isn't like... And and I'm bringing this up on purpose in a kind of a light way, but there's a lot in spiritual circles about how you're looking good, acting, acting like a spiritual person, you know, and the undefended heart that includes the shadow is not acting in a certain prescribed way. It's not a behaving. It's not trying to be good. It's being the goodness. It's being the what we are, which might include all the, the conditioning still there to be aggressive or be um, mean-spirited or be petty. But there's a remembering of something more. There's a remembering of a love and an awareness and a presence that's bigger than any of those waves of conditioning. So the training that widens the circle so that we remember that even though there's a self-centeredness that's here, we really do belong to this web of life. That our deepest truth is loving presence. The training that reconnects us is to begin to look through another's eyes. If you could leave here tonight and have a little more intentionality about pausing and sensing, so what is really happening for that being? So that you could sense both the vulnerability in that person's heart, that everyone you meet is insecure. Everyone. If you could just pause enough to really get that. To, it's, uh, this is uh, Thoreau. He says, could a greater miracle take place than for us to look through each other's eyes for an instant? So to widen the circles is to look through another's eyes and begin to sense the vulnerability and the beauty. So my examples this evening are going to be younger people. So the story I read, this is about widening the circles, about the undefended heart. And in this one, many of you know about programs around the world now that are kind of modeled after truth and reconciliation where people speak the truth and others listen. And there's these listening projects between cultures and whether it's conflict between races, ethnicities, cultures, genders, whatever, and to begin to look through each other's eyes. So in this one, a woman set up this camp where she brought together Palestinian and Israeli girls And she had them begin to talk to each other and practice compassionate listening. And so I'll just read one morning. One Palestinian girl confided how soldiers had come to her home, beaten her family, and upon discovering they were mistaken, left with no apology or offer of medical care. So then the leader of this team asked a Jewish girl to sit across from her. She was listening to the story. And then asked her to repeat the story in the first person. They came in, they beat my mother, you know, beating in the first person, and then described the emotions it had made her feel, which were terror, anger, revenge, sadness. The Palestinian girl burst into tears. My enemy heard me. My enemy heard me. She repeated it again and again. And the Israeli girl then began weeping with her, and then they became fast friends for the rest of the time. 
what preceded the story was how absolute the, the girls wouldn't talk to each other, Palestinian and the Israeli. And so bit by bit they listened to each other's stories, set it back, and when you can sense that someone else really understands your reality, that defendedness starts dissolving. I've worked with so many couples where the whole process of deepening intimacy comes from a separate stance, unreal other in the sense of, you know, you're, my, you're not meeting my needs, you're violating me, you're, you don't care, to this listening and beginning to really sense what is it like to be inside the other's experience. What is it like? So this is the alchemy of awakening to widen the circles, to be able to look through another's eyes. One of my favorite descriptions of the spiritual path is just forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. And it's not the kind of forgiveness of, you know, you have sinned and now you're forgiven. It's the forgiving or letting go of the defendedness around the heart. It's like saying, yes, hurt is here, but I'm not going to hold anybody outside of my heart, including any part of myself. It's a powerful commitment to awakening. And the given is that we get wounded and we create a scab where we have some people and some parts of ourselves that are absolutely we've decided to push away and we get so used to it we don't even question it. And what's so sad is we don't realize that if there's any part of life that we're defending against, that we're keeping away, that we're blaming and angry at, our hearts are defended. We can't feel real awakeness. It's like Charlotte Joko Beck, I think, said it the best. She's a Zen teacher. She said, our capacity to know joy is directly related to our capacity to forgive. Our capacity to know joy is directly related to our capacity to forgive. So here we are approaching the solstice where we're actually, it's the interior work, it's the shorter days, it's the shadow. And it's an opportunity to deepen our commitment to welcoming the shadow, including the pain we feel in our relationships with others we might have pushed away so that we can enter, whether it's a new day or a new year or the next unfolding of our life, with more joy and freedom. It's slow, this forgiving process. It's not like all of a sudden you decide, well, that person wounded me and now I'm going to forgive them. It's more an intention. You can't will forgiveness. I'm going to be doing, we'll be doing a reflection tonight I'm going to invite you just to pick one person that you'd maybe like to see if you can feel a little less defended against. You can't will it, but there can be a willingness that can begin to open the gate and let the light in. Some of you know the offerings at the wall at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Collection. These are letters that were written by vets. I want to read you just one, and we're going to, in a few moments, do a meditation. Dear sir, for 22 years I've carried your picture in my wallet. I was only 18 years old that day when we faced one another on the trail in Chu Lai, Vietnam. Why you didn't take my life, I'll never know. You stared at me for so long, armed with your AK-47, and yet you did not fire. Forgive me for taking your life. I was reacting just the way I was trained, to kill V.C., So many times over the years I've stared at your picture and your daughter, I suspect. Each time my heart and guts would burn with the pain of guilt. I have two daughters myself now. I perceive you as a brave soldier defending his homeland. Above all else, I can respect the importance that life held for you. I suppose that's why I'm able to be here today. It's time for me to continue the life process and release my pain and guilt. Forgive me, sir. So there's a way in which we face it and the forgiving comes. We ask for forgiveness. We forgive parts of ourselves. We forgive others. Last year I was in Hawaii across from uh, this temple of refuge called Puhahonua 
In ancient Hawaii, if a person had broken a terrible taboo or was accused of a crime, there was always a way out. No matter what he had done, if he'd get himself inside the lava walls of Pua I'm not saying it right, but it's the Oceanside Temple of Refuge, the priest would offer a ritual of purification and forgiveness. Then he was allowed to return home unharmed. In the Temple of Forgiveness, we are reminded of our own goodness. If only we could help each other build temples of forgiveness instead of prisons, we can in our own hearts. So it's a very powerful way on our spiritual path to sense that if we can intend to take a place where we've armored ourselves and we can intend to relax that armor, we do it for the freedom of our own hearts and the widening circles of love in this world. Bill Moyer says what we need is what the ancient Israelis called chokmah, the science of the heart, the capacity to see, to feel, and then to act as if the future depended on you. And it does. So this is the power of forgiveness. It's almost that the whole healing of our planet comes from each one of us. Each one of us feeling a little more awake about this possibility of living with an undefended heart. So let's close our eyes. We'll do a brief meditation. In this meditation, we pause a lot to reflect during our talks here. Take a moment, just as we started this evening, to feel your breath, to let the breath collect you, to let the breath bring you here. We relax the boundaries of the heart by first paying attention to our own places of hurt with compassion and then widening the field of compassion. So I'd like to invite you to bring to mind someone that you know you've distanced from, that you've in some way carried resentment towards, blame, or if not active dislike, that you you know that in some way you're keeping at arm's length, that you haven't really let into your heart. So just picking one person, and I wouldn't encourage you to pick somebody where there's great trauma because you don't have the time this evening to really be with that process, but just someone where you'd like to relax the armoring a little as part of your way of really cultivating a forgiving heart, an undefended heart. And to begin with, sense that person and whatever might have occurred in terms of the way that person is or speaks or acts or has treated you that might account for your distancing. So let that be real right now. Just honestly sense, okay, what's creating the distance? What am I pushing away? What's the unpleasantness, the offense? You can feel the contraction in your own heart, the feeling of maybe fear or annoyance or hurt. There's always some unpleasantness or we wouldn't be pushing someone out of our heart. We wouldn't be defending. And with a real gentleness, just simply bring a kind presence to the unpleasantness. If you'd like to put your hand on your heart and just offer that light touch that says, okay, I'm here with this unpleasantness, it's okay. As if you're simply offering the gift of kind presence 
to whatever doesn't feel good in your own heart. Don't worry about the other person right now. Sometimes just the words, it's okay, that you're offering to yourself. Or if it's a very big wound, I like the language of that Hawaiian healer who said, I'm sorry, and I love you, just to your own heart. Notice what happens when you offer a kind message to your own heart right now. And just get the sensation and feeling in your heart of that, that you're holding with compassion, whatever unpleasantness is in you, so that you can, from that place of compassion, of kindness, of care, begin to look at the other person and sense, well, what would it be like to look through that person's eyes? What's the suffering that person's feeling? Nobody acts in ways that cause us to feel aversion unless they're in some way caught in fear, confusion. Can you sense the other suffering? Sometimes it helps to imagine the other person as a young child or just in their confusion or fear. And feeling your own intention to forgive You might either say the words, saying their name, I forgive you, or it's my intention to forgive you, to not push you out of my heart. Knowing that when we forgive, we're not making somebody right, we're not saying, step on me again. We're not in any way giving them the green light to act out, but rather we're just not keeping our own hearts defended and angry. It's for the freedom of our own hearts, and that ripples out. So again, it's my intention to forgive you. I forgive you. Just feeling your own compassion include that person. And then just ending by coming back to your own heart, letting go of a thought of any other. Feeling as you end this meditation your own sincerity, your own prayer to live with an undefended heart, however possible, not in a way that's unwise, but in a way that actually moves towards more love and more freedom in this world. Feeling your prayer. Poet Nikki Giovanni says, And if ever I touched a life, I hope that life knows that I know that touching was and still is and always will be the true revolution. Namaste. So the undefended heart and this capacity to touch our own lives and each other comes out of being embodied and present and awake right here. And in that spirit, we're going to have uh, Jonathan lead us in a kind of movement that helps us be really awake in our bodies right here.
So we've got kind of a sardine yoga experience here with all of us kind of packed in tight. Let's begin just by reaching the arms up overhead. You might want to deepen the breath a little bit. And if there's any tension that you're kind of feeling from the day, just let your body stretch from side to side. Open your jaw wide. Let out any sounds that you might be holding on to. We're just going to do a little bit of an energizer. You can bring your hands in the loose fists and just do a little pounding on the upper chest. Then taking a long, deep breath. We have a mandatory Tarzan yell here. Inhale. <laughs> and then one more time. Breathe in deep. It's a great sound. <laughs> you can do a little bit of a side stretch. You can bring your left hand onto your hip and reach the right arm up overhead. And just let your breath deepen. See if you can lengthen the breath a little bit. Long, slow, full, deep breath. And let the torso just drift a little bit over to your left side. But just come to about 80% of your capacity so you're not straining. And as you breathe, just sense on the inhalation you might lengthen through the whole right side of the body as you exhale, just kind of softening on the out-breath. And then if you like, if you're feeling kind of yogically adventurous, you can shift the weight over onto your right foot and let the right hip just drift out to the side. This is a half-moon posture. Feel the space between the ribs. And then flowing up to center, we're going to move to the opposite side, being careful not to whack your person on the other side. And then reaching the, yes, the left arm up. Lengthen the breath again. And just feel the breath. Notice how full and deep you can breathe. Just sense if you can feel the breath in the belly, the diaphragm, even drawing the breath up under the collarbones on the inhalation. And let the torso drift over to the side. Again, about 80% so you're not straining. You can still breathe down deep into the belly. And then if it feels right for you, you can let the weight shift now over onto the left foot, letting that left hip hip drift out to the side. Full deep breath in. And then floating back up to center. Then bringing both arms up overhead. Pressing down into the soles of the feet, just lengthen up through the fingertips. The arms might feel like they're kind of tingling or burning. We're going to do a slow motion meditation. It's a very powerful way just to begin to let your attention open to the senses. Before we do, just take a moment. Just feel the breath moving inside. Feel the sounds around you. Sense if there's any tingling, any sensation in the palms. Your eyes can be open or closed, but if they're open, just kind of with a soft gaze. And now imagine that if someone was watching you, they could barely perceive motion. Let your hands begin their descent, just letting the arms come down in front of you so you're not whacking anyone. And just feel the micro-movements of the hands. Meditation and motion. Sensing what it means to receive the moment through the senses. Wherever your hands are, there's no rush, there's no hurry. In your own time, just relaxing, sensing. As your arms come down by the sides, and again, there's no rush if you're still in transit. We're going to take just a few moments to explore standing meditation. 
just scanning through the body, beginning with the soles of the feet, feeling the feet relaxed into the floor. And now feeling the, the knees and just noticing if you could soften the backs of the knees. We tend to stand by locking the knees, by pressing the knees back. So softening the backs of the knees. And then now sensing into the hips and sensing if you can relax the hips and invite the tailbone to kind of relax down toward the ground. Letting your attention now come into the back of the neck. And imagine you might soften at the back of the neck, and particularly right at the base of the skull where we tend to hold tension. And as you feel the back of the neck, just inviting a very subtle elongation through the back of the neck. As you lengthen through the back of the neck, feeling the chin kind of drawn parallel to the floor, letting your face be expressionless, all expression drifting away from the face, relaxing the lips and the tongue, beginning to sense the belly now, and noting if you could relax and soften the belly. Feeling the palms of the hands floating in space. And for these next few rounds of breath, letting your attention simply open to receive all the senses. Just sensing in your own way this quality of non-grasping mind. Namaste. We'll find our way down to a comfortable seated position. So do you feel more here? Isn't that amazing how that works? So we've been exploring these gateways into presence of the quietness and the attention and through the heart and awakening through the body and now this gateway of sound of listening and opening to the amazing mystery and life of sound I'd like to invite our musicians to come up and just put you in their good hands You can turn up the volume a little bit more, please. Ami Tofu to everyone. Or Ami Buddha. Blessings. Blessings. Can everybody hear? Shambhala. Very happy to share the winter solstice with all of you this evening. What you're witnessing is a gentleman by the name of Asar, Master Asar, giving you physical expressions of beauty. like to invite everybody to join us on a little visualization, if you wouldn't mind. If you could close your eyes for just a few moments. First, first envision how beautiful everyone is in here when you do close your eyes. The name of this song is um, 
flying carpets or hang gliding. And in our experience in the, in the world and practices of meditation, we realize that um, the only way to gain any measure of success is to not have any parachutes, but just to go with the vibrations and the currents that we all experience. So with that said, if everybody could close their eyes and hang glide with us for a few moments, we would appreciate it very much. And, and, and make sure that your faith is so strong where you do not need a parachute. It goes hang gliding, like no lane riding up there with the birds. And I can hear every word. The language is melodic. I can spot it when they sing from the nod of their heads to the spread of their wings. And it brings me to a state of mind where no such thing as time exists. exists. The nucleus of bliss. See, to drift or not to drift is the myth of it all. To slip or not to slip is the gift of it all. The laws of gravity are defied and explored. Your flight depends on how much you confide in the Lord. You can glide or you can soar just so tight. What it really is to know how to flow at no heights. We'll be in the sky speaking to you from gold mics on flying carpets. And our target is pro-life. If the market in pro-life froze right, then let the wind blow. But remember, what you do, it returns tenfold. Music, please. So if you don't mind, try to retract those lyrics and then place them to the actual music and then enjoy your flight. And turn up a little bit, Brother Dave, if you wouldn't mind. Appreciate it. a little it. bit more volume. And now just strap on your harness, come to the edge of the cliff, and soar with us. No parachutes, no parachutes. Yes. The language is melodic. I can spot it when they sing. The nucleus of bliss. Are they stiff? Fall. Then let the wind blow. Remember, what you do returns tenfold. No parachutes, 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 show gratitude. Dream catchers, floating over airwaves, clear days, walking on two feet is hearsay. We the limitless hover over the infinite so you can re-envision a living without imprisonment. You get the gist of it, so we provide the images. The feel of it is similar to wherever the spirit lives. Now what is discipline? Cross legs sitting in trance, lifted up, no hands, Tibetan sky dance. The highland is the home of the two. King man, expand, wingspan for the opening view. Old and the new, streets might bury us. Deep night, green kite, peak flight carriers. Supermen, who are them swooping in, moving in the pattern of birds? Observe two of them. It's my crew again, the sky hooligans, known to take a legend and rep it until it's true again. Brother Dave. That's a great man up there. Again, try to retract the lyrics just said, just spoken, and match them no, to the instruments. No, 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 no parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes. No parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes. Show gratitude. Dream catches. So we the limitless hover over the infinite. The feel of it is similar to wherever the spirit lives. You get them, you get them, you get them. Tibetan sky dance. Tibetan. 
old and the new. Green kite peak flight deep night carries. The pattern of birds. You wanna take a legend until it's true again? No parachutes, 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 show gratitude. No parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes, show gratitude. No parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes, no parachutes. How does this music sound to everyone? Is everybody okay? Can you put a hand we in can, the sky if everybody can, feels all right? You can feel free to open your eyes now, all right? We just wanted to bring everybody to Shambhala land for just a few moments. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, we'll do a full song for you now. If everybody would give us just another few moments of your time. Brother Dave. Thank you very much. Any musicians in the house tonight? Hey, great people. The name of this next song is Kithikai's Song. It was written by a brother of ours. It's, uh, it appears on our album, The Lotus Of. Um, it's a very beautiful song. It's about the soul's journey towards itself and the bumps and highs along the way. So please play, pay attention to the lyrics. We're doing this song in honor of this brother and the, and the profound words that are, that are in, in this song. So please take a listen. Music, please. And if we could just get a little bit more volume, Brother Dave. A little bit more. And everyone can more. relax, relate, release. Stretch their arms up, as the brother just said. They just left the stage. If you like to stand, uh, musicians, if you like to join us and hum along, sing along, tap on your toe along, whatever makes you feel free. Night, quiet yet so pro guiding me like ah, crop kiss, reach a star, inhaling, inhale this aura, burning through this world where sun views embrace more of verandas. Today's out, ways out in the time. Read the collective imagery through wind chimes. It's in mind, seven layers, central theme in my prayers. All I gotta do is take the first step. Closer I trek towards the surreality death recorded. I'm determined to gain knowledge of self. They say to know God is to know, to know self is to know. They say when the flow stops, that's when the learning begins. Quiet since life magnified itself from the unfathomable deep evident. Even now in my sleep until recently I broke my silence. Chose to keep my sanity on loose sleeve sheets. Trying to reach my peak though through a crevice. It's like trying to speak your peace before getting the message. Ah, yes. Some folk say we're complicated, we say we're simplified. Some say we're all forsaken, we say life's an ocean tide. As it ebbs and flows where we'll land, we never know. Then I think, here we go, lacking to visualize. Seven skies is the ceiling that attracts spiritual healing. Inspiration's revealing. As my children's respiration, heaven's still in the head. I've yet to reach the destination. Countless miles traveled in land spaces on world arrows. Soiled souls trek towards dwellings of rest bombs and aloes while living amongst the shadows. Many sleepless nights finds me at the faint crack of light. Searching myself despite of this ground floor view. My soul reaches inside and ease for least for those aching bones which stands alone between project mountains and street meadows where chaos seldom a planetary music meadows the savage in tune to it don't always assume you can't make it life is sacred you should be spent savoring your moments that's like atonement for our flaws take a pause from sorrow walk with morrows talk with tomorrow if it takes you by the palms god kept you with open arms if it takes you by the palms god kept you with open arms i don't Search 
searching for love like an abandoned child Starved of hugs and a poor mother's rich smiles Forced to grow in this jungle's thick wild Now his portraits are kind of blue but progressive like Miles out of the mouths of babes You can search in octaves I'm a slave to the musical notes Love plays when I... In the land where love's feared Some say it seldom appears It's not of this world But it's in it more than a mere word Love is action infinite When I pen it is rhythmic As the planets in orbit May take a lifetime to find it Wouldn't mind searching for it Unseen but heard Left to shepherd words Through flocks of concepts Thoughts graze in my pastures Catch up Pardon me, sir in the rain Sir Mr. Dave, can you mind stopping that music for one second? It's Please. very imperative that you all catch these lyrics right here. Can we go back to the children and the... Uh... Yeah, let's go back to the children. As my children's respiration, heaven still in the head, I've yet to reach the destination. Countless miles traveled in land spaces and world arrows, soiled souls trekked towards dwellings of rest bombs and aloes while living amongst the shadows. See, many sleepless nights finds me at the faint crack of light. Searching for self despite of this ground floor view. My soul reaches inside the east to release a few of those aching bones, which stands alone between project mountains and street meadows. Where chaos seldom settles, outer planetary music mellows, this savage... Outer planetary music mellows, the savage in tune to it. Do not Don't always assume, assume you can't make it. Life is sacred. You should, should be spent savoring your moments. It's like atonement for our flaws. So take a pause from sorrow and walk with morals. Talk to tomorrow. And if it takes you by the palms, then God kept you in open arms. If it takes you by the palms, God kept you in open arms. Arozo. Everyone all right? <laughs> Just making sure you all are still with us. We shall be back in a short minute. So, Fosu, Ricardo, Agua, you are awesome, guys. Awesome. Yeah. So, you will hear them more. You'll hear them more. Their CDs are here. And as I said, you can support them uh, by giving Donna. But we will be back to them. Okay. Let's hear our own voices now together. Just take a moment to pause, to close your eyes. We're going to do reflection, but first we're going to let the sound of Om fill the room. Feel your breath, feel your life. Take a few very full breaths now. Really bring yourself fully here with your breath. And let your heart and spirit resonate. Feel free to let your voices blend and harmonize. We'll chant Om three times. Let's inhale deeply to begin. quiet in the solstice silence 
to listen inwardly now to your own heart letting that very basic inquiry be there what is my aspiration? what is my intention? and to invite you to sense in this life what is your deepest purpose or intent? what is the heart's longing? And there may be words that come to mind and you can listen but keep feeling to the heart what really matters. Is it to love without holding back? Is it to know truth? To touch true peace? as if you are at the end of your life looking back what would really matter? what's the most important thing in how you live this day and all days? on this eve before the solstice we are going to sense our own aspiration both in a quiet inner way and also bear witness to each other that will be the second part of this reflection so what I would like to pose is that you sense this season and this year to come and sense how it is in a very particular way you would like to see your aspiration manifest in a very particular way perhaps with another person or a way that you move through your days or your activities what is it that you can actually tangibly say that you'd like to see that your heart would long to see manifest in this year to come what's your heart's resolution for this new year to come. And it's fine if it feels a bit vague to you or maybe there's several or maybe it's a question that needs to keep going deeper for some it may be simply to be kinder to myself for others it may be to pause more and yet others to be more real more truthful with loved ones it may be the undefended heart to be more forgiving just sense what's true for you in this moment In a moment I'm going to ask you to keep on silence and expand this meditation to being with one or two other people and that means maybe moving your chairs around so that you'll be in um, groups of either two or three. So if you can do that just quietly without talking because this is part of the meditation because I'm going to ask you to bear witness to each other's aspirations for the new year. Um, Just to turn to one or two other people you can non-verbally greet your new partner in meditation and the way that this meditation will work is that um, you'll have to decide who's going to speak first and second and third depending on how many are in your group but one person will speak and just to share a little bit of what your aspiration or intention is for the new year what really matters to you and the others will be completely in a very respectful kind, accepting presence, just silent. When you've stopped speaking, pause as a group, just let that settle, and then the next person will speak into the group, so that each of you, whether it's two or three, will have a chance to speak and just to say from the heart, what is your intention for this new year? What is it that matters to you? And the others can bear witness.
Okay? So this is, you're all silent except for the person that's speaking. And then when you're done, just sit in, you might close your eyes and just sit in silence. Okay? So with whoever you're with, decide who's going first and who's listening first. And then please begin. Please raise your hand if your group needs more time. Okay, we'll just take another minute or two to finish up. And if you finish, please come into silence and just meditate. So as you finish, you might thank your partners. Just take a moment to honor and appreciate your partners however you see fit. Is there anyone here that does not have a candle? Please raise your hand. So, if you will, just to have your attention for a moment, the power of aspiration, like the light in the darkness, we have our individual aspirations, and then if you really deepen your attention, they all come from that same profound awakening, this awakening of awareness so that we can realize the truth of what we are. And when we realize the light and truth of what we are, we see it in each other. The eyes that are looking at us are looking with the same awareness and love. So we go from our individual aspirations to passing the candlelight around through the room so we can feel our shared wish for the awakening of all beings. This is the Bodhisattva aspiration, that all beings be free from suffering that all beings realize loving presence, that all beings be free. So we will have um, a few people from the IMCW board actually have, have volunteered to come up and light their candles on these candles and then we'll begin passing the light around the room. But let me just give you a very short little lesson on how we'll be doing it. <laughs> the lit candle stays up and down. <laughs> okay, it doesn't tip. The unlit candle comes in this direction. Lit candle stays up. I know this sounds grammar school, but... (laughs) So if you have the unlit candle, you light your candle. Okay? I think we all got it. (laughs) They're good. This is a fast study group. Okay. So um, if our board members will come up, and then they will disperse the light through the room. As you're waiting, if I'm going to invite you to stand up, if you will, and we'll be chanting a mantra together, Om Mani Padme Hum. It means, Om Mani Padme Hum means that as we awaken our minds, the heart flowers in compassion. So we'll just chant it together. Um, Join in as soon as you feel ready and feel free to harmonize. Om Mani Padme Hum Om Mani Padme Feel free to turn around, just look around you and just move and see the light through the room and the light above. Om. Om. Mani. Ah. 
deeply, holding the breath. And as you slowly exhale, relaxing the breath, we close with a final prayer. Just to take some moments, if you'd like to, whether the eyes are open or closed, to feel the life within you. And just offer yourself whatever blessing for this new year you'd like to offer. feeling the aliveness, the sincerity, the longing, the truth of your own being. So we offer a blessing inward to this life with love to our own hearts. Bowing to your own aspiration for the year to come, may it be so. and then bringing to mind those you just sat with, that you bore witness to, and offer them your blessing, just sensing your heart's wish that their aspirations come true. And if you'd like to turn to them, it's fine too. Just to in some way acknowledge, may you be happy, may you be free. And then together, taking this field of loving presence, And like a wheel with spokes going out infinitely in all directions, let's send this light, this love, this prayer to our world that we belong to, to the widest circle, the infinite circle of belonging. May all beings everywhere realize their very nature as loving presence. May all beings live from that loving presence. May there be peace on earth. May there be peace on earth. May there be peace on earth. May all beings everywhere awaken and be free. Namaste and blessings. The teaching you have received has been freely offered. If you would like to contact the Insight Meditation Community of Washington, to make a donation or to learn more about our programs, please visit our website at www.imcw.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.